Good morning, everybody. Good looking bunch. Let's get up. I love this song. I feel like we should make this our theme song for the church. Like every time we get ready to worship, it's grateful. Let's express our heart of gratefulness. Ready? Here we go. Hey.
Thank the Lord together.
God, it's so good to be here in your house this morning to come to church today, this beautiful Sunday, and to give us a chance to say thank you again for all that you've done, a chance to sing and be reminded of your story, to think about the, how the prophets um, told that you were coming to fulfill the law and prophets as we just sang, and to sing of your life and your death and your resurrection and the thing that gives us eternal life. So we praise the Father, we praise the Son, we praise the Holy Spirit three in one today. God, thank you for the opportunity to be alive, the opportunity to have breath, the opportunity to um, have hope. So we look back and remember where you've been and we thank you for doing that and we look forward with hope. But in the now, help us to be a kind of people that are, are listening and helpful. Thank you for that reminder today, and thank you for that kind of centering already in just 10 minutes. God, we pray for your spirit to continue to move today in worship. We pray it in Jesus' name as a church and say, amen. God bless you guys. Hey, say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in a second. Thanks. Yeah, so Lord, um, we have so much to learn from uh, this prayer of the St. Francis of Assisi, this deeply religious man who lived and wrote this prayer in the 13th century. Thank you, Lord, for his life and his commitment to you and his love for you and his love for creation. Help us to uh, truly understand, uh, just like he did, just like he understood, that when we give, we receive so much more. So, um, God, we uh, ask you to bless what's being given today, and that uh, as we receive, Lord, blessing from you, that we'll be careful to look back and say, yeah, God, it's because I've been worshiping you, it's because I've been giving to you, because I've been serving you, um, that there's blessing in my life. So, thank you for that reminder from St. Francis of Assisi, in Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, feel free to begin collecting this morning's offering. Mike, you can uh, kill that right now. So um, at the end of that prayer, the St. Francis of Assisi, uh, he says, uh, and in dying, it's in dying that we are born to eternal life. It's in dying that we are born to eternal life, dying to ourselves. And um, we're going to take communion in just a few moments. We're going to sing a song. It's a new song to Hope Vale, a um, song that's been around for maybe a couple years, a song called Remembrance by Hillsong. It's a beautiful song of our faith, beautiful song of the story of what Jesus has done for us. And as you prepare your hearts today, I just want to encourage you to listen. Maybe encourage you to pray. Maybe uh, close your eyes and listen to this song or uh, sing along with us uh, if you're inspired to do so. Uh, it's a really powerful tune. And a um, song about how good God's been to us uh, through Christ. Go ahead, Mike. Thanks. covenant 
from the depths, as far as east is from the west, so far your grace has carried me. Until I see you face to face, until at last I've won my race, remind me you're not finished yet. for communion. Hallelujah, I'll live my life in remembrance. Hallelujah, your promise I won't forget. Here at Hopewell, we observe communion on a monthly basis to remember the foundation of our faith, that it is rooted in Jesus Christ, the promises of his new covenant that in Christ we are forgiven, in Christ we are free. We need to remember people. It's easy to remember in a setting like this in the safety and comfort and security of a Sunday morning. But during the week, when our faith is faltering, when it feels like Life is pressing in on every side. We tend to forget. We tend to lose our confidence, right? But our faith is one not built on our feelings. No, it's a faith built on a promise, a commitment, a sacrifice, a love. And that's why we do this. That's why we remember that Jesus Christ is the focal point of our faith and communion takes us back to that moment in the upper room on the night before his crucifixion. I take the bread of life, broken for all my sin, your body crucified to make me whole again. I will recall the cup poured out in sacrifice to trade this sinner's end for your, your new covenant. And this covenant is a promise of life. This covenant, what scriptures say, is a new and better and permanent covenant than what mankind had known before Jesus came. Last Sunday when we were talking about capital L life, And what Jesus means to us, I said, you know, our souls are never more at rest than when we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that our past is forgiven and our future is secure. Not based on our performance, but based on our remembrance of Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our Victor, our King. Jesus is King. And so today with communion, 
we will remember. We'll claim those promises of who Jesus is, of what he's done for us, and the promise as we sang that one day we will see him face to face when he comes back again. That this is our hope, that this is our life, and we will do that together through this act of communion. Here at Hopevale, we say that if you know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior, that if you are part of the big C Church of Jesus Christ worldwide, whether Hopevale is your church home or not, we invite you to partake. You are part of his body. You are part of his family. And so we invite you to do that if you do not know Jesus in a personal way. You may know about Jesus, but you have not entered into a relationship through faith, through repentance. And then there's a couple things I would say to you. First of all, um, we'd ask that the plates, as they're passed by, that um, you wouldn't take the bread and the cup. And that you wouldn't partake with us. And the, we, we, the reason we do this is not to single you out, but really to make this a moment of reverence and respect because what we're doing is a holy act. But it's not just respectful for us, it's respectful for you because we wouldn't want you to go through any hollow religious ritual that has no personal significance to you, right? And so we'd trust that you would honor what we're doing here. But at the same time, I'd ask... What is keeping you from trusting in Jesus personally as your Savior? You know, part of this covenant, this new covenant that we're remembering is that it's not about how well we can keep God's law. That was the old covenant, which we were shown none of us can. But the new covenant says Jesus, the innocent, perfect one, kept it on our behalf and his righteousness becomes ours and we are viewed in the eyes of God as holy and perfect and blameless. And you're invited into that righteousness, that forgiveness, that security by confessing your need for a savior and calling upon Jesus to be that savior. And it's been in moments like these at Hopevale through the years that people have stepped from death to life and called upon Jesus to be their savior, taking the bread and the cup for themselves. For those of you who do know Christ as savior, let the Holy Spirit search your heart. Search me, O God, and know my hearts. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked, harmful, hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Yes, we are in relationship with Christ, but we want to be in close fellowship with him, and just let him speak to your heart. If the, the spotlight of his spirit shines anything on your heart that you need to confess and seek forgiveness for. And so I'm going to ask that the ushers come forward. And as they pl- pass the plates, uh, there are two cups in the plate that are stacked upon each other. One holds the bread, one holds the cup. So make sure as you grab those, you take both together. They'll distribute the elements. We'll have reflective instrumental music in the background, just a time for you to be alone with God, to let him speak to you and for you to speak your silent prayers to him. And when, when I sense we're all ready, I will lead us together in this act of worship called communion. Let's pray together. 
Father, not only do we want to live our lives in remembrance, but we want you to consecrate this moment to be an act of worship in remembrance for an almighty God who is also a heavenly father who loves us more than we could even imagine. Warts and all, flaws and all, sins and all. Because it is the perfection of Jesus and it is the blood of his sacrifice that washes us white as snow. And that no matter what the enemy of our souls may try to accuse us of, we stand firm and are held secure in your promises, in the victory of the resurrection and the completeness of the cross. So speak that good news into our hearts anew this day, Jesus. And for those who are considering trusting you or giving their lives to you, Lord, speak assurance and hope and life into their hearts this day by your spirit. For all of us, Lord, we just say we are yours in Jesus' name. scripture on the evening before Jesus's crucifixion the next day, same evening where Jesus was betrayed by Judas, in the same evening when Jesus was denied by Peter on three separate occasions. That same evening, the disciples had gathered together to observe the Passover meal, but this time Jesus would infuse it with new covenant meaning looking ahead to his death and resurrection. And as part of that meal, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He said to his disciples, he says to us, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way with the cup, having given thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And as we're told by the apostle Paul, for often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. In addition to observing communion every month, we also offer a time of prayer every month after the services with our elders and church leaders. That's in the hub just off the lobby. And we often find that these communion services and worship services stir up a need to have someone pray for us. And so if you want to be a part of that, we want you to know that that's available after this service. But as we close this time, I invite you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer together. 
The words will be on the screens as well. Let's pray this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Hope Valve. It's great to be with you this day on this uh, Communion Sunday as well. want to welcome those of you joining us in Bay City today. Great to have you along. I'm joined on stage uh, today by Adam Harbaugh. He is our adult ministries lead pastor. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Dan. And also George Puya, who is our global missions director. Good, Good morning, morning everybody. Yeah. And in a minute, I'm going to tell you why they're here with me. And just to put your minds at ease, this is not a special music number. Um, <laughs> actually, we today are wrapping up our Life with a Capital L series. And uh, I want to just, before we get into the details of what these guys have to share with you, want to give you a little journey of where we've been. And as part of this series, we introduce this life model to you that begins in the middle and works its way out about our life with Jesus, our life with people, and our life with purpose. Go back just a sec. That Jesus came, died, and rose again so that we could enter into capital L life, as, as Jesus said, right? I came that you may have life and have it to the full. And that we could experience that life to its fullest. And it begins with our life with Jesus, right? And that as we start in the core, and we learned about what it is to glorify Jesus in everything, Every hour of our week, all 168 of them, every area of our lives, and what it is to grow as a Jesus follower or a disciple of Jesus. From there then, we went out to that middle ring, and we talked about our life with people, both here and beyond our four walls, that as the church, we're called to connect relationally with other Christians who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, part of a unified body, and then we're also uh, beyond the four walls of this church called to invite people to life in Jesus, the life that we know. Last week, we then came to the third circle, this outer circle about our life with purpose. And we talked about just the privilege that those of us who know Christ as Savior, that God gives us spiritual gifts, gifts to use not for our own purpose, our own glory, but gifts used to serve others who are in the church as well, gifts that are these channels of grace and blessing that the Holy Spirit works in us and through us, these just unique ways and that we all have a part to play, right? We're given a special place in the body. We're given unique gifts. And as we saw in the example in the life and ministry of Jesus, not to be served, but to serve. This is the call to kingdom greatness, well, another way that we live life with purpose, right, living for something so much bigger than ourselves, and this is what we're going to talk about today, is the second aspect of loving our neighbor near and far. To love our neighbor near and far, that the church is not a social club where we gather to exist for ourselves, but we are called to take the love of Jesus that we have and to share it with the world around us locally 
and globally. You know, and Pastor Adam did a great series in August as we talked about what it means to be sent, as we thought about that just great project that we had in early August and impacting our area and just your incredible generosity in working with community ministries and organizations. But today, we're going to set our sights not so much locally, but globally. Because when we talk about loving our neighbor near and far, this is what I mean, right? That we are a small C local church, right? Hopevale. We gather. This is where we worship together, serve together, love together. We are called to bring Jesus' life and love to our own community. We talked about that. While also, here's the other part, playing our part in the big C church all over the world, right? To help advance his kingdom around the world, right? We're not called to do everything, but we're called to do something. And to talk about that something, I'm going to turn things over to George, because George, when we talk about the part we play to advance Jesus' kingdom around the world, um, that call is rooted deeply in Scripture, isn't it? It really is. So I I think a lot of uh, a series of verses called Great Commission Verses, and one of my favorites is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it's this amazing scene. Jesus is with his disciples for the last time. These are Jesus' last recorded words on earth. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. So in looking at this, this verse, there was something that I noticed that did not happen. The disciples did not panic. I mean, if it were me, I would be negotiating, right? Could this be Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria or the ends of the earth? There's no sense of nervousness here. And I think it's because this is not the first time they've heard this. That they've been with Jesus for three years as he explains the scripture from Genesis to Malachi And what they discover is that the whole of the scripture is about reaching the whole world for the one true God. So if we look, for example, at Genesis in chapter 12, uh, verses 2 and 3, this is God making a covenant with Abram before he becomes Abraham. And the Lord said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So there's two great missions pieces in this verse to me. We're blessed to be a blessing. And that was what the Serve Project was really about, right? God's given us these resources, this time and talent and treasure. How do we use that to glorify him? But that the message is near and far, right? So sometimes in the scripture, there are stories that we're overly familiar with. So we see the verse and we never think about it as a a verse about missions. So one of my favorites uh, that way is the story of David and Goliath. Because if you ask someone, what's the story of David and Goliath about? They'll say it's about the little guy beating the big guy, right? This is the miracle on ice. (laughs) This is the US hockey team beating the Russians. This is Rudy. Rudy, Rudy being able to make it on the field for Notre Dame. But not last night. Not last night, no. (laughs) 
This is uh, Luke and Princess Leia and Ray fighting against the dark forces, right? But we, when we look at this verse, uh, this, this next verse in First uh, Samuel, uh, David graphically describes what he's going to do, but he gives you a purpose. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, speaking to Goliath, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. The purpose of David beating Goliath was not to create a script for Hollywood to show how the little guy can beat the big guy, but it's to remind the world that there is a true God who can be known. So David then begins to weave this into all his writing. So in, in Psalm 67, uh, he says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. So again, the same message. I, God bless us so that we can bless others because all the nations need to hear. This week I was reading in Malachi and I came across this verse in Malachi 1.11. And, and it was a verse we used to sing as kids, right? From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. And it's a great song, except for it stops in the middle of the verse. May the Lord's name be praised in all the nations. So the apostles in Acts chapter 1 aren't surprised. It's not a shock to them that God says Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth because Jesus has shown them that the whole of the scripture is about God's mission to reach the whole world. Boy, we sometimes just draw this really thick line between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and just this is the continuation of a theme, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And really, as that story continues, fast forward to last century, right? And a church called Hopevale, we celebrated this fall, our 60th anniversary in this heart to reach the nations really is part of our identity and our beginning as well, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and it continues to be right. I mean, our origin story started when uh, 12 American Baptist missionaries were martyred in the Philippines at a place they named Hopevale. Uh, when the Japanese invaded the Philippines, uh, they, they laid down their lives for the sake of the gospel. And so, you know, a few years later, uh, a group of American Baptists, they were uh, starting a church in a place called Saginaw, Michigan. And to remember the sacrifice made, they named the church Hopevale. And it's this incredible legacy over the years that has brought us to today, right? And so Hopevale has always had a huge heart for missions and being involved in what God is up to all around the world. And there's been many, many examples of uh, the partnerships and the investments that we've made globally over the years. And a few of those are, you know, church planting, Bible translation, medical missions, theological training, Christian education in places like the Dominican Republic, ministry to orphans and widows in places like Zimbabwe, uh, lots of investments made all around the world and really looking for ways and opportunities uh, that it increases our hearts for the world and for how God is at work uh, all over the world, right? 
So one of the challenges then that, that happens when you're a church with 60 going on, you know, plus years of history is we've made uh, incredible um, investments in missionaries and mission agencies for many, many decades. And right now we're really in this season where a number of missionaries that we've partnered with for decades are, are moving to the tail end of their ministries. And so it's setting the stage for us to really prayerfully evaluate, you know, where and how is God calling us to continue to make these global investments uh, through, through our giving here at Hopevale all around the world. And we realized that we needed a tool to do that because the reality is, is there are so, there are countless great opportunities and options for where and how to get involved. But we've been really feeling like the Lord is laying on a more uh, focused and targeted approach for where and how we make these investments. And so we actually came up with a tool that we're calling uh, the five filters, if you will. And it's really a tool, uh, a values tool to align our partnerships with our values. And I'm going to walk through these five tools Uh, these five filters with you, just to give us all a sense of how we feel like the Lord is leading us in the future. And so the first one of these uh, values tools is partnership, right? We have a a huge passion for um, just being in partnership and having a target area where we are making these investments globally. And so this target component is really focused on uh, international locations around the world where there is a low percentage of uh, evangelical Christians who are there, right? And so we wanna target these areas of the world where there really is a need uh, to bring the gospel and have his church be uh, centrally located in these areas so that the gospel can spread uh, to more and more people. So we have the target filter, and then we also have, you guys can go to the next one, we've got the need filter. Really identifying that uh, the investments that we're making are with agencies and missionaries, field workers with direct gospel influence uh, with the national people in that region. So from there, after the need filter, we have the partnership filter. So we place a huge value on us being able to get involved in a lot of different ways uh, as a body right here in Saginaw. And we've said for years, we we don't want to just be a church that mails a check and then feels really good about our contributions, right? Finances are part of how we contribute, but there's many, many other ways that we want to get involved through prayer and encouragement and sending teams and on and on, right? So the partnership component is a, a big value for us. And that moves on to legacy, And this approach is really uh, going about it with the intention that uh, we're actually not trying to to send American missionaries to a location to spend 40 years, right? Uh, the, The target, the legacy here is to, over time, hand off the ministry to locals to help equip them to reach their their nation, their their um, their people, right in the in the places that God has called them, and so that legacy filter, handing off the ministry to locals, is a huge piece. And then finally, we have the accountability piece, right? This is just fit and transparency. So fit with things like uh, theological alignment, uh, relational connection, and just accountability in those pieces, financial transparency, just all of those pieces. And so these are our five filters. These are the, the ways and the opportunities that uh, we're putting on the table to say, okay, Lord, these are our values. And then reaching out to missions organizations and saying, what are some of the things, like where are the places that you already see God at work? 
and let's lay your experience on top of our values and see where you're directing us to make involvements. Uh, I'm really excited about this and with George as our global mission director, um, he's got five or six months under his belt now to begin having these conversations and it's just, it's generating a lot of good stuff. And so George, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it's, it's really exciting to think about. So we're, we're looking at places, for example, like Oman. So Oman is a small Arabic country uh, at the entrance to the Strait of Hormuz. And there are five million people who live there. And research indicates among those five million people, there are 50 known Christians. 50 out of five million. So one for about every 100,000 people. So for an area the size of Midland, Auburn, Bay, Frankenmuth, Saginaw, there, there might be as many as three believers, right? So there are places like that that are looking for help. So where do we start? And, and the answer is we always start with scripture. So in looking at uh, Romans uh, chapter 10, Paul writes in this incredible passage, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? So from the beginning, the intent in scripture is that every church is a sending church. Because un unless there are believers there who can share that message, then the message can't be heard. So right now there are 2.1 billion people, billion, in the world who have not even heard the name Jesus. Um, that's an amazing and overwhelming challenge, right? But God can do this. It's not something we can do alone, but it's something together with all of the other churches and with the power of the Holy Spirit we can do. Uh, Paul writes this again in, in Romans uh, and, and gives us a strategy. He says, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. So this is where that, that filter comes from that says, let's look at the people who haven't heard the gospel yet first. Now what's exciting is in the missions world, there are new ways of getting to these people, right? So there's a, a new technique called BAM. I love that word, BAM, business is mission. So there's a group that goes into countries that are closed, meaning it's against the law to have a missionary in that country. And they go in and do market research and identify businesses that are missing that would serve well in that local economy. And then they find a Christian entrepreneur who will go in and start a business and establish a beachhead for Christ where it's illegal or impossible for a missionary to exist. And what they look for in partnership is to say, can you help us provide the angel investment to start this business and to train these people, and then the business will sustain them from that point on. In the case of Oman, they're reaching Oman by sending in English language teachers. And they're going in in groups of two and three, and then in their, their after work time, 
they're building these networks of relationships and discipling people, even as Paul wrote to Timothy, to entrust these things to faithful men who will entrust them to others also. So it's a really exciting time to see what God's doing in missions. It is so um, humbling and sobering to think about these parts of the world, right? Where it's not even, is there a church, but is there even access to the gospel? And I think it's uh, as easy for us to just get, I don't know, complacent or just feel pretty privileged for what we have. So you have this incredible need. You have places in the world where, you know, the name of Christ isn't known. Um, how do we make it all practical, Adam? I mean, what, what's our part? How do we begin? I mean, I look around here. I, I don't think many of us are going to Oman. And although God may tap us on that, you know, who knows? But, you know, what parts can we play? And what do you think this means for Hope Valley? Yeah, I mean, as we lay this foundation going forward, we're looking at a lot of different ways along that spectrum of knowledge and interest and involvement that we want to uh, make, uh, you know, give you guys as the congregation an opportunity to engage with. And so uh, this morning, one of those that we would call kind of a shallow end of the pool opportunity is Operation Christmas Child, right? Our churchwide project. And this is gives us an opportunity to fill shoeboxes with gifts that then get sent to kids all around the world and uh, the gospel is shared as those kids and those communities really receive those gifts and hear about uh, Jesus. And so, you know, our encouragement today, you can go out to the lobby. We've got the Operation Christmas Child booth set up right there in the middle of the lobby and so you can get information about that and how to be involved, how to fill a box and bring it back. Uh, From there, we, over the next number of weeks, we have a a number of different opportunities available uh, for you to learn more about where we're going in global missions, really. And so um, right here in Saginaw next Sunday, in the hub, after both services, uh, George is going to be leading a conversation just about the future of global missions at Hopevale and some more practical and specific ways that you can get involved right? There's, there's more than just sending or going. There are other ways like prayer and encouragement, things like that, of uh, giving you an opportunity to get involved. So uh, here in Saginaw, we would encourage you to stop by the Hub after services next Sunday to learn more about that. In Bay City, uh, November 10th, after the service, George will be up there with you and give you an opportunity to hear that same conversation after service in Bay City. Uh, There's also a course called Perspectives that we are launching in January, and we want you to learn more about that. It's a 15-week course that really goes in-depth on God's heart for the world, and each one of these sessions, those 15-week sessions, there's a missionary that's actually uh, we're bringing in to share a little bit about where and how they uh, are involved or have seen God at work around the world, just to really grow our hearts for how God is uh, at work around the world. So we have more information on that Perspectives course this morning. Uh, In Saginaw, you can go to the info desk, my right, your left, in the lobby, and learn more about that course there. Uh, Bay City, you guys can look for Kevin Bitzer. He will be in the lobby and ready to share more information about that with you there. So those are some upcoming opportunities, lots of different ways to engage. And as always, we're here and available for conversation too. Yeah, George, you've been through that, right? So Lynn and I, my, my wife challenged me to take this course with her. And, and to be honest, I said, I don't really need to study missions. I love missions. And 
I took the course and I was overwhelmed. By the third week, I, I found myself saying, wow, have I ever studied this? This is just so new. But I, I think what makes it so interesting is you have each week there's a different person who's coming with a completely different perspective. So here in, in Saginaw, starting the 13th of January on Monday night, we're going to have a, a person, for example, who lived in Uganda and then came back and was called to pastor in the Detroit suburbs and now has a church that supports 80 different missionaries. Uh, we have a woman coming who is a Muslim convert. You don't get to hear many of those. And to talk about the amazing things that God is doing among Muslim women in places like Iran. Do you know that there are mosques in Iran now that are, that are almost entirely Christian? because people have gotten saved and, have, and rather than leave the culture have gone back into the mosque and shared. So each week you come away challenged and inspired, but you also learn that there's, there's a lot more that we can do aside from just going and sending. And I think that's the most exciting part. So I, I would encourage any of you, uh, there is a fee associated with it, but Hopevale is generously providing a lot of scholarship money to help you do that. And uh, we're at the information desk this morning and, and you'll, you'll hear me talking about this a lot because I love it because it's transformational. Mm. That comes across really clearly. And you know, it's interesting. There's a lot more we could say about this, but you know, you think about where we've been over these last several weeks. And in some sense, this is really just, just a natural exclamation point, right? That it starts with us, me and Jesus. And our theme verse for the series, right? John 10, 10. One more time. Actually, would you say this with me? Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So that's Jesus' promise to you. But as we heard today, it's a promise for all nations, whether they are a quote unquote Christian nation or not. I mean, Jesus' vision was for Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth, even where Christ is not yet known. Because someday in the future, as John tells us in the very last book of the Bible, through this vision that he's given from the book of Revelation, we get this glimpse of what's gonna happen in eternity future. John says, after I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From where? From every nation and tribe and people and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Jesus Christ. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, just like you've done today in your worship. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Guys, this is where history's going. And what a privilege that we get to be a part of it near, right here in our community in the Great Lakes Bay region and getting to play our part to the ends of the earth. With that in mind, let's pray together. Wow. Lord, you've taken us around the world, taken us back to the book of Genesis, and you've taken us to the end of time. 
when all the worship that you, Jesus, deserve is expressed in a way that will be beyond our comprehension right now. From people of every tribe and tongue and nation and language. Because Jesus, you are worthy. And so God, thank you that we can be confident. We can find hope. That regardless of what we read in the headlines, see on the news or experience all around us, You've got this. You've got this and you're leading history, leading us to this unbelievable conclusion of victory. But until that time, we play our parts. We experience this life with you, Jesus, a life that spills over into our life with people and a life that calls us into a great purpose of living for something so much bigger than ourselves. So thank you that we get to do that both personally and collectively here at Hope Hill. And so even as we've heard today, Lord, help us to know what that means for us as a church, where we're investing our dollars and our prayers and our people and our commitments and the part each one of us plays in that. God, thank you. Thank you that when John was penning his gospel, he didn't just say, for God so loved me, or God so loved America. He said, God so loved the world. And so Lord, let us be ambassadors of your light, your life, and this great love, now and forever. We pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of our series, this series about life with a capital L. And as we've gone through these weeks, God has given us a theme song called Build My Life. And so in a moment, I'm going to turn things over to Billy and the team. Let's stand together. Because whatever God's doing in your life and wherever he leads you, he wants you to build your life upon Jesus. Figure it out. Let's sing this. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. the name above every other name Jesus the only one who could ever say worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live
times I'm up here, I can feel it. You're like, uh, I don't know. Holy, uh, there is none like you, Lord. You're worthy of our worship, our praise. Lord, you are worthy of us building our life on your love now and forever. Amen. Amen. I hope you have been encouraged to embrace all the capital L life that Jesus has for you not just throughout this series, but for the rest of your lives. Um, Like I said earlier, uh, we have prayer with our elders and church leaders after the service in the hub outside the lobby. invite you uh, to do that if you just feel led. Also, next week, we're beginning a new series on faith, faith life lessons from Hebrews 11. But as you go from here, may you Build your life upon the firm foundation of our Lord's love for you. God bless you.